Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Tim Sweetman, who is a business owner and host of the Mission and Margin podcast. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Good to be here. Awesome. Great to have you. Great to have you. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently, as I said, a business owner. I own a Chick-fil-A restaurant, so I've been a franchisee for the last four years. And in addition to that, I'm running a podcast called the Mission and Margin Podcast. Um, Personally, I'm a huge uh, fan of CrossFit, so regularly doing CrossFit, working out in some way, shape, or form. And my wife will also attest to the fact that for me, I'm probably doing a million different other interesting hobbies that seem to, to flow and go along the way. And so right now I've really been into woodworking, but I'm starting to sell off all the woodworking equipment I have. If I'm not doing that, I am more than likely reading, which I would consider a hobby or something I love to do, uh, riding a bike somewhere along the Eastern shore, uh, where I live. And other than that, probably spending some time with the kids and and we're listening to some incredible podcasts so that's uh that's kind of what i'm doing on a, on a regular basis there we go there we go so owner of a chick-fil-a franchise man tell us a little bit more about that process yeah. and what made you make that decision yeah so this is a huge part of of my dream and and what i was trying to accomplish in my life back in 2017, I was one of around, at least they told us, around 80,000 people that applied to become a franchisee with Chick-fil-A that year. And of that 80,000, they only chose 80 of us. So that was a, a daunting thing to go through. And although it is a very low investment when it comes to financials, when it comes to the time and energy that's going to be spent in accomplishing or becoming a Chick-fil-A franchisee, it's, it's massive. It's a huge undertaking. And so I really honestly wasn't sure if that was something that I wanted to do, but uh, went through the process and, you know, it's a lot easier to be a number one pick in the NFL draft or get into Harvard than it is to become uh, part of the Chick-fil-A family. And so uh, man, I went through an unbelievable amount of interviews. I think it was in the 10 to 12 range. And these weren't just your average types of interviews. I mean, these are very deep, uh, very careful and very carefully crafted questions and, and conversations that got into every single part of my life and, and past and really made sure that I was the kind of person who had the type of character as well as the competence needed to become a Chick-fil-A owner operator. So it was a, it was a very, very grueling process. Once we got to a part where we, we knew that we would, my wife and I would 
become uh, owners of the Chick-fil-A. Then it, then it came down to real estate. And that's a whole nother challenge in and of itself where you kind of realize, all right, this, this dream is becoming a reality, but maybe it's not going to happen quite as quickly as we thought. And so we had a number of deals we felt like we're going to become available. I'm a huge Washington football team fan. And there was an opportunity right outside of the practice facilities in Virginia for the Washington football team. And, and at the time, Kirk Cousins was there and I was a huge Kirk Cousins fan as well as a fan of some of the other players. And uh, it was going to be a dream to be able to, to serve those guys and, and kind of be a part of that community. And, and the deal fell through. And then uh, we turned our attention actually to a place right outside of the Ravens practice facilities deal fell through. And so time and time again, we, we came up against a lot of adversity and continue to push through. And so in 2018, I became one of the youngest franchise owners of a, what we call freestanding Chick-fil-A restaurant and opened up that restaurant and in April of 2018 and have, has been able to grow it uh, almost a million dollars in revenue every single year since then. So it's been an incredible process, incredible journey. Um, you know, I think anytime you get to meet a Chick-fil-A operator, hopefully I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to self-brag on myself, but I think every Chick-fil-A operator just about uh, is an incredible human being because they've been through a lot and, and there's a reason that they get to that spot and they're one of the few that are selected. So, um, you know, I, I, I definitely uh, encourage people to look into it, even just to learn about that process and how difficult it is and have a conversation with people who've gone through it because you're going to learn a lot. I think from that, that level of adversity that people go through uh, to come out on the other side, not to mention starting and running a restaurant. Uh, a Chick-fil-A looks super easy, but anything that looks easy is probably incredibly hard to do. And that's definitely the case with the Chick-fil-A restaurant. So there's so many challenges, especially when you come to uh, grand opening a restaurant and grand opening a restaurant in what we would call a low awareness market a place where people maybe have never heard of or not used to eating at a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And so not only are you having to start a brand new concept, you're also trying to put a concept that really focuses on customer service out there in front of people who maybe have never even experienced good customer service. And so you're trying to hire from that community and they have no clue how to give customer service to their fellow people, the people that they're around and they live with. So it was a really, really difficult time. And so we've had to really grow the people and train and invest in the people in our community to teach them what it looks like to be people of excellence, what it looks like to care for and treat every single human being with honor, dignity, and respect, regardless of their background or where they come from. So it's been a really exciting journey to see that over the last couple of years and to bring a Chick-fil-A concept in particular to a community that had never seen something like that before. Dude, that is awesome. And it's so cool that you are a Chick-fil-A owner because I know that is a hard process. I was, uh, I'm very entrepreneurial, hence the podcast and all my entrepreneurial ventures. And I uh, looked into Chick-fil-A franchise. I was like, wow, that is intense. Like I just looked into it for a little bit. I didn't even deep dive. But I was like, dang. 
It's no joke. It really is no joke. And I think a lot of people just look at it and go, oh, I just have to throw $10,000 towards this thing. It's not that simple and it's not that easy. But I have to say this and I just have to say it. It is one of the few companies that the more you learn about it, the deeper you get into it, the better it is. And there are lots of of challenges and issues and people maybe have very strong opinions about Chick-fil-A, but at the end of the day, Chick-fil-A above anywhere else, I think the deeper you get into it, the more you know that this is a group of people that absolutely love every single person that they come in contact with. And it's such a rare company to have that. And the reason it's that way is because the leadership at the core of the company, they, they, they love people. They bleed for people. They are generous people. They are seeking to give back as much as humanly possible. And in a world where you have leaders that you look up to, and then the closer you get to them, you sort of start to see the cracks and the flaws. I've sort of had the opposite experience when it comes to Chick-fil-A leadership. And so I sort of throw that out there to just encourage people that you can have hope that there is really good leaders that are out there that really have the best interest of people in mind and are, are doing it the right way. And not everything has to be a terrible leadership story. There's a lot of encouraging things happening. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little, little bit more about your motivation in life and what gets you up and keeps you going every day. Yeah, man, there's so many pieces to this puzzle. I think I was, I was reflecting on a lot this year over the last decade or so, in my case, I'm 31 years old. I would say over the last decade or so, what, what used to motivate me was the big goals, the million dollar milestones and even becoming a Chick-fil-A operator, uh, owning certain things in my life, all those types of things were, were huge. And I kept coming to every year end and doing a little bit of reflection and never being quite satisfied or happy. And, and, and more importantly, my team always seemed to be frustrated, frazzled, and uh, I would never quite get my what, what I would call like the big, hairy, audacious goal. I just would never quite get it. And so I thought that was my motivation. In 2022, I've chosen a totally different word, and that word is consistency. That's my motivation. I used to hear it would frustrate me to death. People say, fall in love with the process. Just trust the process. And I was always saying, I have no idea what that means. Like, I have no clue what trust the process means. And then I think it finally clicked for me that the process is kind of whatever you want it to be. It's just simply doing the same consistent thing day after day. And eventually you're going to get the results that you want as long as that process is working. You can always adjust the process along the way. So in my case, I have started to fall in love with a certain process. So in my case, it is a very structured and themed week. So every day of my week has a very key theme. So Mondays are personal projects day. Tuesdays are about training and investing in my team. Wednesdays 
happened to be business and financials and auditing my business. Thursday, in case I run a restaurant, Thursdays, my team knows I'm going to show up at the restaurant and I'm going to tear that place apart. I'm going to look at every nook and cranny in detail and do an audit for their benefit and their good. And it goes on and on. So that is for me, the process. And it's something that really motivates me and gets me up every single day knowing I'm just going to accomplish that little small thing. And, and I'm starting to realize that Sometimes I lose sight or I try to accomplish that long-term, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a 20% sales increase this year. I'm going to make another million or another million in sales or whatever it might be. I forget that it takes the simple, small acts of getting up every day, maybe in my case at 6 or 6.30, of eating healthy and taking care of myself, of working out three to four times a week, of being there for my family, just those little tiny things they don't seem significant at the time, but over the course of days and weeks and months, and I believe over the course of years, they're going to lead to incredible results. And that gets me really hyped up and really, really excited uh, about what's to come. And so I'm very entrepreneurial as well. So that's the other piece. I think the flip side is I have to be creative. Uh, Chick-fil-A offers some of that, but I'm always working on something outside of that. I'm always doing a little bit more, uh, trying to do some consulting, trying to talk with people. And that's the other piece for me is, is creating the, the podcast like you. I think it's been so encouraging to have conversations with people about what motivates them, what, what they're about, what their stories are, and to dig a little bit deeper into that. And uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a huge part of my life. So yeah, I think that's what motivates me now. It's not the big things. It's actually consistency, just consistency, which sounds so boring, but it really can be a powerful concept. Yeah, man. You know, every time you talk about success, it always comes back down to consistency, <laughs> which is such it, a- It does. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, Craig, uh, Craig Rochelle says leaders do consistently what others only do occasionally. I think that's such a powerful phrase and exactly what I would sum up my year, my life to be and what motivates me. I don't want to do some things occasionally. That was definitely me in the past. You know, it was just a little burst. I'm on my diet. I'm on my workout regimen. I'm on my taking care of my team or taking care of my family. Now it's what are the small little tiny segments that I know other people aren't doing and uh, it taking that mentality that I always respect and admire in world-class athletes and applying it to my seemingly mundane life is, is really, really uh, encouraging and motivating. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit more about your dreams and goals for your life, for your business and for the mission and margin podcast. Yeah, so I would say in terms of, of some, some big dreams, um, for me, it, it's always been about working for myself. And so in a sense, I've accomplished that dream, but there's always a little bit more. I always want to grow. I always want to develop my business, and I want to see other people launched out into, into the world. So I love seeing other leaders uh be developed. And so one of the things 
um, that I've done over the past couple of years is use my business as a way, as a playground, so to speak, for people to learn and fail and grow. However, last year, and I've been sharing a little bit more about this, uh, in, in 2021, I had a team member of mine, a very high level leader, steal tens of thousands of dollars from me. And it was, it was shocking to me. Uh, I've always approached business being pretty generous and I always hated the leaders that were micromanagers. And so in my mind, a good leader was somebody who sort of lets you go and lets you get after it because that's what I needed when I was uh, in, in some lower levels of leadership. Uh, and I did that with this top level leader. He took advantage of me, stole tens of thousands of dollars. And so I had kind of a crisis of faith, crisis of leadership back in, in, in 2021. And I started wondering, is, is this really worth it? You know, my dream's really worth it. It seems like everything's sort of crashing down on me. And so I have really made a concerted effort to start figuring out you know, what do good business leaders do? How do they run their lives? What do they do differently than I'm doing currently? And so that's where I developed and decided I'm going to do about six to 10 episodes of a podcast. These are just conversations that I want to have with people uh, because uh, back in college, one of the greatest things I think I ever did in my life was I decided, I think it was 19 years old, I decided I was going to contact every professor at school, pretty much every single one, some I knew from class, others I didn't, and say, hey, can we get coffee and talk? And I came with a series of questions about life, about maybe areas of their expertise, and I just started asking questions. And those conversations stuck with me for a really, really long time. I mean, I didn't just ask them about you know, biology or chemistry or history. I just knew that these guys were leaders. These guys had families. These guys and gals were, were doing some things in their life that I respected. And so I said, man, this is, this is uh, something I did back in my early 20s. Let's do it again. It's been a decade. It's time to start having these conversations again. So I have really taken a lot of risks and asked a lot of people to come on the podcast because the world doesn't necessarily need more podcasts, but man, there's a lot of good ones out there. And it's been more beneficial to me than it has been for any audience that I could have. And so uh, the, the premise again for mission and margin in particular is in my dream now is really to grow this, I think a little bit further uh, mission and margin is this idea that look, you can't, have a mission without margin. You can't, you can't accomplish your dreams and your goals if you don't run a tight ship. And in my case, I thought I was doing some good things. I had this really cool mission of I want to invest in people, but I wasn't running a really tight ship. I had disengaged. I wasn't engaged in the right ways. So uh, that that's changed a lot in me. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens going forward. And then the other thing I'll share with you, kind of a cool dream, and this, this may play into uh, some other, other questions moving forward. But uh, this year, I just took a risk, man. I decided uh, I've had this dream of, of going to Harvard Business School and not quite there yet. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but uh, I applied for the Alt-MBA with Seth Godin and got accepted. And so I'll be doing that this April 
And I'm really excited to see what happens this year. That's going to be an incredible program. It's 31 days intensive. And I think it's a new way of learning and a different way to do an MBA program. And so we'll see what happens on the other side of that. Awesome. Uh, just curious. I heard a lot of Chick-fil-A operators work like 60 hours a week. How are you going to do an alt MBA and be a Chick-fil-A operator and have a podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think that this comes back to a lot of the ways that I've restructured my life over the years. So you can choose to take any career and make it a job. That's not what I signed up to do. I didn't uh, some people do this, but I did not sign up to become a Chick-fil-A owner operator so that I could have a nine to five or have to work 40 to 60 hours a week. Now, don't get me wrong. The first year or two in order to set something up, that absolutely was the case. In fact, I would say 60 hours is underestimating. It was probably more like a hundred hours plus. Now that was a big part of my life previously. I used to work in advertising, marketing, communications, and we would regularly put in 100 hour weeks in order to get a magazine done and other projects done. So I wasn't I wasn't afraid of doing that, but I knew long term that's not what I wanted to do because if I was doing 60 plus hour weeks, I I just saw that there was a big piece falling off. Uh my performance was falling off and I was doing too much and so uh, I try to empower as many people as possible to run my business, not just for my own sake, but they get an opportunity to grow. And what I saw is when I was doing 60 hours a week or whatever else it might've been, that was selfish on my part. I was not being the type of leader I should be. So coming to the Alt MBA this year, I've built my business and organization in such a way that they are being invested in me or by me in really intentional ways. So instead of me being there 60 hours a week and in every single detail, I am very intentional about the time that I'm present in the restaurant and what I'm doing. I'm very intentional in the conversations that I have. I'm very intentional in plugging in in the right ways and, and getting the data that I need. So I don't want to swing the pendulum. You know, one, one side of the pendulum is obviously to just be totally disengaged. And then the other side is to be totally a micromanager. I'm trying to find that balance in between. So there's a lot of prep going into this because it, it essentially looks like uh, me being gone for 30 days. So I have to admit, I'm definitely a little nervous and a little scared, but it's forcing me to have to think through what is, what is my team having to rely on me for in order to be successful and how can I shift that and change that? And I, I've heard of many, many business owners who've been challenged to walk away from their business for 30 days and see what happens, or at least get your business to a place where you can be gone for 30 days. I mean, how amazing would that be if your business was able to be successful without you? I think that's incredible. So that's the goal. That's the plan. We're going to see how it goes. Um, and I'm hoping and praying that, uh, and I really do believe that the way that I'm doing this intentional theme days, trusting the process, consistency this year will allow me to step away for 31 days plug in fully in this program. Now, I'm giving up a lot of other things though. So I'm, I'm, I'm involved in say podcasting. That's 
just going to go away for 30 days or I'm going to I'm going to just put in a lot of time prior to that. Uh, for me, I'm a person of faith. So church and some other things, I'm actually putting those aside for 30 days. I am 100 percent focused on the alt MBA, giving all I can to that to learn, because I really believe that short burst of energy is going to lead to years and years and years of results. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Well, more power to you. I look forward to hearing more about it. I'll follow up. You said it's should be fun. It's in April in April. Yep. Sounds good. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now and this could be a specific person or a type of person, they'd help you take the Mm -hmm. next step towards your highest priority dreams and goals. Who would they be and how would they do it? Well, an easy answer is going to be Seth Godin. And I think in some ways he will be investing in me. You know, the other person that comes to mind is more than likely, uh, and this, this is, I guess, a, a type of person. I, I love spending time around people that are introverts more than I did in the past. I'm, I'm, you can tell definitely extroverted and, and love to talk and have conversations with people and, and engage with others. But I have tried more to adopt some introverts and to allow them to speak into my life. I've got a couple of those on my team and I've shared with them recently how much I appreciate them because they're so calm and cautious and thoughtful when I tend to be the quick to respond, the quick to answer, the quick to jump into things. And so I would just say, and and I think anybody who's a you know, on the disc assessment, maybe a high D, very extroverted ENTJ, whatever you want to call it, uh, type three on the Enneagram, all that stuff. And you got to find those people that that absolutely are going to calm you down and they're going to frustrate you to death because you want an answer right away. But they're, they're going to say, I need 24 hours to think about this. And it's just enough time for you to avoid making a really, really stupid, stupid mistake. So, yeah, I say that I read a book, uh, I think it was a, a couple of years ago by Susan Cain called Quiet. And she talks very, very specifically uh, about this. I think it's called Quiet, the Power of Introverts in a World That Can't Stop Talking. Yeah, that's the, the title of it. And that was very convicting for me as someone who is extremely extroverted. So I'd say those, those two people come to mind. There we go. Well, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And our first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. So hard. There's so many, so, so many. Uh, One of my, my only resolution for this year was to not buy any books in 2022. Might be the hardest thing. I'd rather like stop sugar in my diet or something to do that. But the book that comes to mind I could definitely throw out movies or or podcasts, but I would say the book that comes to mind is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Radical Candor, the way that she describes it, and hopefully I I don't butcher it, but basically she talks specifically about this idea of people who are what she calls obnoxiously aggressive on one side, and then 
on the other side, I think she calls it ruinously empathetic. So you can have people who are, oh, I'm totally candid with you, but they're kind of jerks to say the least. And then you have the, the other side, which are the people who just can never bring themselves to tell you the truth about the situation or what's going on. So that perfect middle ground, the sort of both and answer is radical candor. This has really, really helped me as someone who tended towards ruinous empathy. I love people and love caring for them but sometimes at the cost of confronting them. And I finally realized if I don't confront them, do I really care about them? Probably not. And so a true way to show care is to speak candidly and truthfully uh, as best you possibly can. And so I, I would say that book. And then the, the, if I can, can I pick one more book, if you'll let me, nope. it's tied to this. He's like, you know, candidly, no, um, <laughs> I would say, a book I have not completed yet, but the first couple of chapters have been unbelievable and it is tied together is called The 15 Commitments of a Conscious Leader. This book has been unbelievable. Just the way of thinking differently about the world at large as being a conscious leader, as a person who starts to realize the world isn't happening to me, but maybe the things in my life are happening for me sometimes things just are and you don't have to take the blame or shift the blame it just is uh it can be a really powerful concept and so they are uh there's multiple authors but they're arguing for a really different way of thinking about leadership that i've never really heard before and i think people would really enjoy it, even just for the first two chapters, I think it would be worth reading. And I have read more than the first two chapters. So that's not why I'm saying that, but I've not read the book in its entirety, but I, th I think the first couple of chapters are well worth the, the purchase uh, for those who don't have a commitment to not buying books in 2022. <laughs> also, if you're tired of buying books, I recently heard about Scribd, which is a subscription to a library of books that are online, both audiobooks and eBooks. I was doing Audible for the longest time and Audible still, right. I still have Audible, but Scribd has a lot of books that Audible has all for $9.99 a month. And so if you're like blowing through two books a week, like um, a lot of voracious readers are, Scribd might be something for you. And I'm not getting paid for that. That's just- uh, You should be. <laughs> you should be. Yeah. You need to switch that up. I was going to say that's the perfect product placement. And add in a podcast of all time. So that's, <laughs> I, I have not heard of that. So I'll check it out myself. I've definitely been an Audible guy for a really long time or, or sometimes a Kindle guy, but I love listening to audiobooks. And that's been a big wave where I've crushed through a ton of books. And uh, that, that helps me avoid the stacks and stacks of books sitting around my house that my wife is always getting, getting on to me for having. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm surprised more people like I'm a little upset with myself for not knowing about it sooner because I'm like, this is so great. All these books for $9.99 a month, I can listen to all of them. Like I don't have to wait for my next credit next month. <laughs> like, That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I'm checking it out. I'm checking it out tonight. Maybe that'll be the, the loophole in my, my commitment for this year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, what's one way you like to take care of yourself? Uh, so I would say, um, 
I really, really enjoy this year. Uh, I've added it as a recovery. Uh, this is going to sound totally crazy, but uh, I've actually added use of the hyperbaric chamber to my regular. It's usually every two weeks, but at least at least monthly uh, combo of a hyperbaric chamber, uh, a little bit of uh, myofascial release uh, therapy and a sauna. So it's like this this trifecta kind of piece together. And so uh, for me, it's it's helped improve sleep, uh, help improve recovery. And I think sleep is certainly one of the best ways you can take care of yourself. It's it's probably not what most people say. Uh, when, when it comes to this, this uh, question, but I would say that that's been a really interesting thing that I've added. Uh, and it's allowed me just to kind of push harder, go a little bit longer, be more present, all the things that I, I want to do and accomplish. And so we'll, we'll see after a year if I continue to do it, but it's been really fascinating to watch the data uh, use a, a whoop uh, band. Um, like many people have some kind of data point on them, similar to like an aura ring, uh, or Fitbit. So I use that. And, and so far it's, it's, res the results have been pretty fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Sleeping is important and it's kind of toxic when people say it's not. So that's right. That's right. Uh, what's one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to reach your goals and dreams? I'm just going to go back to this idea of putting together a week that has themes for each day. I really want to start promoting that and pushing that for people as something to try every single day or maybe blocks of days have a theme for why or what you are doing. I think for most of us, we tend to be slaves to other people's agenda. And sometimes we are slaves to even our own agendas that we sort of randomly put together that morning and it lacks a level of intentionality. So for me, I think that finding consistency has to happen by looking at your week and deciding what is Sunday, it's overarching theme. What is it about? And what are the consistent things I want to do every single Sunday and moving through the rest of your week? That's the only way that I think you can protect yourself from these hundred hour weeks. This is the only way you can protect your schedule. It's very, very difficult. I think when someone comes to you and says, Hey, can you do such and such a thing? And you say, well, I, you know, I don't really, I, I, Maybe you have to check my schedule. You know, I'm not really sure I have this. And they go, oh, you can just move that around. It's a lot easier if you say, hey, yeah, I, you know, my schedule's booked. Can't do that. And, and maybe it is, maybe it's not. But it's like it's, it, it is in a sense because you've blocked out all afternoon to just think. You've blocked out all afternoon to record podcast episodes. You've blocked out the afternoon to write or to create uh, or to rest. And you have to be consistent with it every single week and you can make small adjustments, but I think it's worth it still early in the year for people to sit back and go, all right, this is what I'm going to do with my calendar this year. I'm going to be very, very intentional about what I do for every single day. So theme days, person you could look up on this to get more resources would be Michael Hyatt. 
Michael has a number of podcasts, I believe, and he also has some articles on his website that he's written about how to theme out his days. And uh, there's also even a template out there that he has where he takes it into an Excel document. If some Excel nerds out there are going to absolutely love and tear apart and, and love to kind of block out their time and do all that. I'm one of those people. I love doing that. So that, that's what I would say. Consistency uh, and, and build out a schedule that is themed throughout the week. There we go. Well, we got one last question for you and it requires a bit of pretext. So you know how there are people on the planet who have a really fixed mindset, they're not willing to accept help, and they're not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make that switch to more of a growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Mm. I think that... The, the catalyst for that change comes from a few things, but, but primarily a level of humility. And that humility tends to come through a lot of different avenues. It might be the humility that you're given when you realize that life is fleeting we're not going to be here for forever. It doesn't matter how long I spend in the hyperbaric chamber. At some point, this life's going to end. And for me, uh, in the background, uh, back over, over my shoulder, I actually have a metal skull sitting there. And it's, it's this memento mori, remember death. And for many people, they would shy away from that. But for me, it brings me a level of humility to realize life is fleeting. Life is going to end at some point. And it's life is just too short for me to hold things so tightly because eventually I might have to let them go. And that includes ideas and thoughts and patterns. I have to be willing to grow and evolve and change and not stick to this one mentality uh, for my entire life. I don't want to come to the end of my life and be known that way. I want to be known as a person who grows and changes and evolves and is able to get better and improve. I think that there is a drive, there is a reason, a greater purpose out there for each and every one of us. And uh, the only way you can find that is to remember your time is going to come at some point. And that sounds really terrible to say that, but it is true. It is absolutely, absolutely the truth. And you can look at that as a discouraging thing, or you can look at it as an absolutely encouraging, amazing piece that now is the time to live that dream that you have to go after it. There's no more time to wait. Um, time is fleeting. We all have just about the same amount of it. Um, every single day, but we never know when that last day is going to come. And so um, I talked to somebody this morning, I'll just kind of end with this. I talked to somebody this morning and, and um, so often uh, he and I were just chatting about how so often we kind of get consumed with thinking about the business business idea that we have or, or growing the brand or whatever it might be. Uh, but when I think about Memento Mori, I, I can't imagine on my, on my deathbed, um, as important as it was to like, 
my calendar and things like that, that I'm going to go, man, I, you know, I wish that I had spent more time on my business plan, but I am going to say, I wish I spent more time with my kids. I wish I spent more time with my wife. I wish I spent more time with my parents or my friends or whatever it might be. So as you think about building maybe your calendar, your ideal week, I think it's really important that you sit back and evaluate even that week to week and say, is this prioritizing the things that are most important in my life? Your business is going to come and go. Your success may come and go, but the people in your life, your, your, your spouse, your significant other, your, your partners, whatever, those are the people that are most important. And those are the people that you need to invest your time in because you never know when that final day is going to come. And um, it's, it's, it's such an important um, piece. So Memento Mori, let's just end with that. Memento Mori. There we go. Memento Mori. Well, awesome, Tim. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Man, it was a pleasure. I absolutely love what you're doing and you are grinding. And I've really enjoyed a number of the episodes. They've been very encouraging. And so I appreciate what you're doing and excited to see it grow. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that, man. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? No, man, I just uh, would love if people would would check out um, if if uh, if they would the the Mission and Margin podcast. I would I would love it. We got some great guests coming up on there, uh, especially if you have more of a, a faith background. I think you'll enjoy it. If you don't, I think you'll you'll still enjoy it. We've got a big mixture of people that are are going to be on the show, and uh, if if you're not interested in that, you can also follow me on Twitter at Tim Sweetman. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Love to love to connect and chat a little bit further. There we go. Well, if you guys were listening to this and you loved what Tim had to say, make sure to go check out the Mission and Margin podcast. Also, all of the links to his social media will be in the show notes. As we always ask, send this podcast to one to three people you know need to hear this message. Shoot us a five-star review on iTunes and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.